1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
0: What are you into?
2: Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This podcast is brought to you by Coors Light. Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
3: I can't wait to suit up for this team come opening day on April 7th. I can't wait.
4: After becoming the youngest American pro athlete in a century, scoring five goals and winning the MLS Cup title in his first season... Freddie Adu wanted only one thing on the field as a 15 year old to play more. Freddie had let it slip to reporters during his rookie year that he was unhappy with his playing time. Freddie wanted to attack and be free and not worry so much about defending. And eventually, he got his wish. Just not with DC United. We Salt Lake just announced the signing of 18 feet in the soccer world, Freddie Adu. Welcome to American Prodigy, I'm Grant Wall. I was slightly surprised when I saw on ESPN that Freddie was being traded to Salt Lake of all places. But looking back now, I'm more surprised I didn't see the trade as what it was. A red flag for Freddie's club career, and eventually, even Freddie's hold on American soccer. Even more surprising, Freddie's trade wasn't even the biggest MLS offseason news that year. That was another player move that would come a month later. It
2: is my distinct pleasure and honor to introduce to Los Angeles and the world the newest member of the United Galaxy,
5: Mr. David Beckham.
4: Beckham's signing with the Galaxy helped mark the start of a new era of MLS, ending the Freddie Adu era. But Freddie played his own role as well. He had always wanted to move to Europe when he turned 18, which was a few months after the Beckham signing. Freddie had done that, working his way out of the club that fought so hard to land him, and he was about to work his way out of the league that did the same. It all started on the eve of the 2004 MLS Cup Final at a DC United team dinner.
6: We have a dinner before the final, And I said to them, "Uh, listen, you come to the point. We might not be together next year in the same capacity. Some players wanna leave, some players have to go back and contracts are up and so on. Please God, don't let us screw it up. We come to this point, let's enjoy it.
4: Peter Novak was right. DC United didn't screw up. They won and they enjoyed the moment. But between the MLS Cup final victory and the first couple months of the 2005 season, a lot changed. First, there was an expansion draft. Chivas USA and Real Salt Lake joined MLS and in total took the maximum three players off DC United's roster. Chivas took defender Ezra Hendrickson and forward Tiago Martins. And Real Salt Lake took midfielder Kevin Era. Second, Ernie Stewart left the team to play one final season in the Netherlands. And third, defender Mike Petke was traded to the Colorado Rapids. But he was with the team long enough into the 2005 season to detect something changed in Freddie Adu.
6: I was there till May, I believe, and I got traded to to Colorado. But uh, before that, I could sense Freddie changing a little bit—not not not completely, but but a little bit. It was the second year, and you could tell that he wanted more playing time. But the thing that was interesting was I didn't always sense that it was truly Freddie thinking that or saying that. It was much more being fed into Freddie than Freddie truly at that young age being mature enough to say, wait a second, you know, I'm going to go in and I'm going to say this because this is what I feel. Uh, I think it was people outside. Now, whether it was family
4: members or whoever, I don't know. Before his departure for Europe, Ernie Stewart also sensed forces behind the scenes influencing
3: Freddie's situation you could see that there were a lot of people uh, around him that had a certain influence on him and and one positive and the other maybe negative. But yeah, there was an entourage. I remember distinct moment that uh, we played in Chicago and uh, we're all sitting on the bus and Freddie comes out and somebody else is carrying his bag. And that's when I got off the bus because I can't stand that kind of stuff. We were, you know, you carry your own bag and it, First, they didn't view it as helping, but later on he saw that. He starts understanding these things. You could tell that there were a lot of responsibilities outside of only playing, taking care of the entourage in itself.
4: Freddie's support group had come together when he was at the IMG Academy in Florida. His mother, Emilia, his first youth coach, Arnold Tarzi, his agents, Richard Motzkin, Dan Siegel, and Carrie Goldberg-Trutanich, his uncle, Anthony Yaboa, his cousin, Kay Agumon and his mental conditioning coach, Trevor Moad.
0: Maybe some of them were over the top. I I don't know, I mean, I know Spielberg, but I know that I showed those guys the videos. I was by no means thinking I was doing something mischievous. As Freddy
4: moved into his second year at DC United, expectations were that he would start and contribute even more to the team. Trevor Moad privately had tension with DC United Management for showing videos to Freddie, encouraging what they viewed as a me-first mentality. But Moad simply thought he was helping Freddie visualize the success he'd have stepping into a bigger role, as he'd done with prominent athletes
0: in other sports. I was following a process that we followed. If I could go back and do it again, I would have probably kept everything much more private. I probably would have just chosen more discretion than I did.
4: Discretion might have saved what happened next. In May 2005, Trevor went public. In a Washington Post column by Mike Wise, Moad bemoaned Adu's lack of playing time and the club's approach to developing their young star. He even brought out Olympic track gold medalist, Michael Johnson, who'd spent time with Freddie, to question how coach Novak was treating Adu. For Kevin Payne, who ran DC United and already had a strained relationship with Moad, this was the final straw. We told
1: Trevor he wasn't allowed around our team. If he came to the D.C. Area, he wasn't allowed at training. Um, he wasn't allowed in the locker room. And it wasn't anything personal. We just felt like he was delivering a message that was different
4: than the one we were trying to deliver. The spat got plenty of attention. On the ESPN show PTI, host Tony Kornheiser took another chance to criticize Adu which had become a running bit for Kornheiser, who'd written a Washington Post column in 2003 saying, quote, I'd write about Freddie Adu and how he's going to make us all fall in love with soccer and how I know he's only 14, wink, wink, but I was pretty sure he once voted for George McGovern, end quote. Kornheiser, one of the nation's most prominent sports voices, was a proud soccer basher, so it shouldn't have been surprising. Co-host Michael Wilbon stood up for Freddie on the show, but it clearly struck a nerve with Freddie, who clapped back with a wink-wink at Kornheiser in a Twitter post years after the first one had come. All the Freddie drama aside, DC United still piled up 54 points and earned the second seed in the East for the 2005 playoffs. But Freddie didn't see the rise in playing time he was expecting. Adu played almost the exact same number of minutes that he had during his rookie season, despite Aleko Eskandarian missing most of the year with concussion complications. With DC's playoff game against Chicago just days away, Freddie chose to share his concerns to Washington Post reporter Stephen Goff at an inopportune time.
6: Here's Novak. And then I see Freddie with Stephen Goff. And they have a discussion, blah, 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 blah. You know, the microphone, they have there recorded. And Freddie is going and Steven is waiting for me. So basically what was said was that everything was bad. The team was handling me not right. The coach is against me. He doesn't want to give me my freedom. He doesn't want me to be successful. He played me out of the position and so on. So all this stuff accumulate right before the playoff game. And now we go into Chicago and you know, this is already public. So we have a big discussion with Kevin. And I said, Kevin, listen, you have to decide what we're going to do as a club. You don't want to have a situation that is going to be compared to Terrell Owens. Payne's response to Novak's concern
4: was to demand that Freddie apologize in front of the team. But Freddie refused. So Payne suspended him for the first game of the playoffs in Chicago. United went on to tie 0-0. But a week later, D.C. lost 4 nothing to Chicago at home, even with Freddie reinstated. And the defending champs were out of the playoffs. During the offseason, Novak visited Freddie while he was training at the IMG Academy in Florida
6: to clear the air. I sat with Freddie two days in a row. We have a discussion. I said, Freddie, I will find a system that we're going to utilize you in the perfect way. Let me work on this. and. When we're going to sit down in one or two days, I will show you how to do it. And I will direct you to do it. And you will start the game and you will play every game. I can guarantee it. If you will work with me in this capacity and you will trust me with my decisions in terms of how I'm going to direct you, you will play every single game.
4: And he did. In 2006, Novak was true to his word. Freddy, who turned 17, played in every single game, starting 29 of them. DC United dominated that season, winning the Supporters' Shield for the best record in MLS. But in the playoffs, United lost at home to New England, one step from the final. Freddie was playing more, but he still wasn't satisfied. He had two goals and eight assists, plus another goal in the playoffs. United President Kevin Payne thinks there was always a disconnect between Freddie's expectations and the reality of where he was as a player.
1: We tried to get Freddie to understand the distinction between Freddie the footballer and Freddie the media sensation. The problem was, I think, his family members in particular, they had no idea what was best or what wasn't for him. I'm sure they all meant well, but none of them had any experience in anything even remotely like this. So it was challenging. After the 2006
4: season, Adu told the team he wanted to move in from the wing and play in a central position, either as a creative midfielder or as a withdrawn forward. United didn't want that. The club told Adu those spots were for veterans Christian Gomez, who was the league MVP, and Jaime Moreno. With the club's refusal to let him move positions, Freddie began pushing for a move away from
3: United. It wasn't all it was cracked up to be because behind the scenes, there was a lot going on that just kind of soured the whole experience. I has to be traded from DC United to go to Real Salt Lake just so I can get away from all of this. On December
4: 11th, 2006, Adu was traded to Real Salt Lake along with goalkeeper Nick Raimondo for a major allocation the rights to goalkeeper Jay Nolly, and future considerations.
2: These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle and bustle all the time. And all of us could stand to hit that reset button now and again. And when you do, make sure you do it with a nice cold Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment straight from the Rockies. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. So next time you're able to sit at a baseball stadium, The sun's hot, and that vendor walks by, say, sir, I'd like a nice cold Coors Light. Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Guys, getting older isn't always fun. But it could be. And Roman is here to help. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation for erectile dysfunction and hair loss, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet, so complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com Prodigy now to get $15 off your first month. That's slash prodigy Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Real Salt Lake
4: welcomed the still teen prodigy with open arms and high hopes.
0: Freddie's just um, playing very well now right right now and um, he's anxious to um, prove at a ripe old age of 17 that you know uh, he can still do it.
4: Signing with Salt Lake reunited Freddie with its coach, John Ellinger. Ellinger had coached Freddie in Bradenton with the under-17 national team. After watching Freddie struggle from afar with his defensive assignments in D.C., Ellinger hoped to ease those demands and bring out the Freddie who'd scored a hat-trick for him at the under-17
0: world championship. Freddie had this weakness as far as, you know, defensive getting back and playing. So it was kind of like when he came to Salt Lake, we said, okay, we're going to solve that problem. We're going to play in a 4-3-3. Freddie's going to play left wing, and I had a pretty young, talented left back, uh, Willis Worko, who played and did a great job of covering for Freddie. So I knew what we were getting into before we, we got him. And we had a conversation of, like, Freddie, I just want you to be yourself.
4: But there was one problem. Salt Lake was bad, really bad. It would end up winning only six of 30 games that season. And Ellinger, he was fired a month in. Later that month, the team acquired Aleko Eskandarian, Freddie's old title-winning DC friend and teammate. On his first trip through the locker room, Eskandarian didn't
1: like what he saw. My first day, my first time in the locker room, when I walked in, I was like, ooh, Freddie's kind of like, has his way here. Like, this isn't good. He's like running this locker room. And I knew the way things were in DC, how he kind of always needed that arm around the shoulder. And I could see at RSL that was not the case, and they were just like thankful and happy that he was there and treating him like this, like prized possession. And that's just not, that's not what he needed. And I think it, it hurt his his game and his performances. Freddie's former
4: under seventeen teammate Jamie Watson was now his teammate with Salt Lake too, and he noticed the changes that had taken place with Freddie as well.
5: It's a very different Freddie when he got to Salt Lake. It had to be everything taken care of for me. I don't have to do any of the thinking. I'll just make a phone call. It'll get handled for me. I'm moving to Salt Lake. Okay. I don't want to have to go buy my own couch. Can, can you just order it for me and have it sent here and delivered and just get the biggest TV and pay someone to come out and do all this. And the Audi dealer is begging you to drive his car And oh, by the way, I also have a daughter your age. Would you like to take her out on a date? And his perception of reality was completely gone.
4: Adu had just one goal and two assists in 11 games with Salt Lake that year. Darren Rovell, a CNBC sports business reporter at the time, wrote, quote, I want to be first, the first to call Freddie Adu a failure, end quote. Why any media member would want to be the first to bury a 17 year old as a career failure is beyond me. I mean, seriously, what would possess someone to do that? But it's also of a piece with the impulse that put the 14 year old to do in a national TV ad campaign with Pele, or with the Nike CEO saying Freddie could do more for his sport than Michael Jordan did for his. It was all extremes with Freddie in the United States. And usually those extremes are voiced by people who didn't know much about soccer. Besides, just a few weeks after being written off as a failure, Adu captained the US team at the 2007 Under 20 World Cup in Canada and got the soccer world buzzing about him again. Adu with a turn and the twist and a
2: shot for goal. It is stunning, absolutely stunning.
4: First came an Adu hat trick against Poland making him the first men's soccer player ever to have a hat trick in the FIFA under 17 and under 20 World Cups. Jamie Watson still recalls watching that game.
5: I still remember watching Freddie and the goal he gets to the corner of the 18. He curls back against the defender, hits it with his left foot to the far post. There's not one goalkeeper in the world that's stopping that. It was remarkable how good he was.
4: Then, Adu helped create both goals in the US's 2-1 upset victory over a Brazil team that included future European stars Marcelo and Alexander Pato. After that, Adu's Americans eliminated Uruguay, with future superstars Luis Suarez and Edinson Cavani in the round of 16. That was the confounding thing about Freddie Adu. When he put on a national team jersey and played against 19-year-olds, he became a force of nature that we didn't see in MLS when he played against adults. Broadcaster Rob Stone thought, for Freddie, the national team became a comfortable place where he knew he could have success.
5: Whatever it was about putting on that jersey for the red, white, and blue, he could always reflect back on it and say, that's when I was at my best. That This is the Freddie that I know, uh, and I can return to that when I put this cape on.
4: For his part, Baleco Eskandarian thinks it may not have been so much about American pride, but rather the short-term focused nature of summer tournaments that helped Freddie raise his game.
1: Freddie is at his best, in my opinion, when he's motivated, focused, and disciplined. And many times when you go away for a tournament or anything of that nature, it's only a short amount of time that you're there. And when you're bought in, it's easier to block out any distraction, right? Because you're away somewhere, you're in a hotel, you're in a closed environment, you have curfew, you have all these different things. Whereas when you're over the course of a season with your club team, that's not the case. And there's just a lot more room to have these different things, different poison kind of seep into your brain and screw up kind of the machine that's that's you know well, well fueled, well oiled. So from my experiences, Freddie just always kind of needed guys around him that were looking out for him and were pushing him and holding him accountable.
4: Freddie's U.S. team ended up losing to Austria in the quarterfinals. But Adu had made his mark, and 16 days later, the just-turned-18-year-old was bought from Real Salt Lake for a $2 million transfer fee by Benfica, one of the most storied teams in Portugal. Even though Adu hadn't set the world on fire in MLS, he scored 12 goals in three and a half seasons. Benfica was an ideal club to serve as a launch pad to the biggest soccer teams in Europe. At the same time Benfica was acquiring future stars, Angel Di Maria and David Luiz, Freddie signed a four year contract with the club. The second he landed in Lisbon, Adu got mobbed at the airport.
1: Are you surprised with this reception? <laughs> yes, very. I'm very
4: surprised. Okay. Adu wasn't a regular starter in his first season with Benfica, but he wasn't bad either. He scored five goals and made 21 first-team appearances, becoming the youngest American to play in the UEFA Champions League. But Benfica, as a club, was a mess. Freddie dealt with three different managers that season, the last of whom didn't play Adu at all after he returned from the Olympic qualifying tournament. The following season, Freddie needed to decide whether to stay at Benfica and fight for more playing time as a 19-year-old, or try his luck on loan. It was a big decision for Freddie, and he couldn't turn to his usual confidants for help. When he arrived in Portugal, Freddie and his support group had slowly drifted apart. Trevor Moad was working more with American football players than soccer players. Sportsnet's Richard Motzkin, Dan Siegel, and Carrie Goldberg-Trutanich were out as Freddie's agents, replaced by an IMG agent named Max Eisenbud, who represented tennis players like Maria Sharapova. And Arnold Tarzi, Freddie's mother and uncle, were a sea apart in America. Motzkin and Goldberg-Trutanich think their guidance might have saved Freddie
0: from making a bad decision. After he went to Benfica... Somewhere during sort of, you know, middle end of the first year, he chose to end his relationship with me. So at that point, I had nothing to do with Freddie and all those decisions that were made. Candidly, the decisions that all those different loans, which had nothing to do with me, were not made in his best interest, quite frankly. I think that we might be having a different discussion if he had never left Benfica. I don't think he should have ever left.
7: This was also sort of the first time he wasn't really under the watchful eye of U.S. soccer. We're in Los Angeles. He's in Europe. Time difference is a little hard. There was definitely loneliness on calls with him. I think he was definitely frustrated by his playing time. It was a wake-up. He had to be a grown-up. He was not the happiest kid in the world. And I use that word kid this time around. He was not a man.
4: But there was one person from his support group whom Freddie kept listening to.
7: There was a family member that was driving, and pushing some of this. Um, hmm. And Richard has always been about loyalty. We always also said you don't chase the money. But I think his some of his family members were pressuring him and chasing money and chasing fame versus chasing the the right opportunity. Who was
4: this person in the family?
7: His cousin definitely was trying to advise and
4: push. Seeing Freddie's frustration with his playing time, his cousin, Kay Agumon, along with his new agent, Max Eisenbud, advised Freddie to leave Benfica and go on loan to France's top flight with Monaco. Freddie took their
3: advice, but now wishes he hadn't. Biggest mistake I ever made in my career was going on loan from Benfica to Monaco. I mean this with all my heart. It was the one thing that If I had to make that decision again, I would not decide to go alone to Monaco. I had gone through three coaches in one year with Benfica. There was so much dysfunction within that club that I think I just wanted to get out of there and go somewhere as soon as possible. But it turned out to be the wrong decision, and I'll tell you why. So I got there the same time as Di Maria. I outperformed Di Maria the first year there. I played better, but I decided to go on that loan to Monaco. And Di Maria just stayed at Benfica. And guess what? The coach that came in, he got a chance to play and he became a regular starter that year. A year or two after that, Di Maria goes to Real Madrid. I ended up going on another loan to a lower team. And now, the trajectories of of our career right now. You know what I'm saying? I just made, in my opinion, the worst possible decision I could have made for my career. That is my... Biggest regret.
4: While he was on loan at Monaco, Benfica still owned Freddy's contract. And the Portuguese club just kept loaning him out to teams that would cover his salary. At Monaco, Freddy made just 10 appearances in the 2008-09 season. Then came a loan to Portugal's Belenense for half a season. Then an 18-month loan to Aris in Greece. I went to visit Adu in Greece in the spring of 2010. He was about to turn 21, and it was clear he wasn't going to make the U.S. World Cup team that year. Freddie's smile was as magnetic as ever, and he was upbeat when we went out for dinner in Thessaloniki. But I could still tell that it pained him to be missing out on another World Cup. It was one thing to not make the World Cup team as a 17-year-old, but at 21, when he'd been a pro for seven years and compared to Pelé, that was something different entirely. Freddie had a saying in those days that he got from Trevor Moad: never put a period where God put a comma. It's still right there in Freddie's Twitter bio. But as I did interviews for that magazine story, it became clear that the growth of Freddie's game at the very least had ellipses by them. When I spoke to soccer people at Aris and Monaco, they said similar things. Adieu clearly had talent, but his tactical awareness wasn't good enough. They thought he had turned pro too early at 14 and had stopped learning much by age 15. But Arnold Tarzi noticed something else that ran throughout each of
1: Freddie's loans. The constant theme throughout Europe, every single time, it's remarkable. Shortly after he arrived, the coach that brought him in was fired. All of a sudden, a new coach comes in. Maybe Freddie wasn't his style. Maybe Freddie wasn't somebody he wanted to deal with, whatever. So all of a sudden, the direction changed.
4: Tarzi was right. Freddy's coach was fired during or right after his first season with the team four times in his European tour. That's purely unlucky. But the players who make it, who stick it out, forced the coach to play them. Freddy wasn't able to make that happen. Eric Winalda played in Germany.
0: He knows. That's why he bounced around so much, because it just got to the point where a coach in Europe is week-to-week, result-to-result, I got I to gotta win. I don't have time for a project. I don't have time to say, let's give him a couple of weeks. We don't have a couple of weeks. We got a couple of minutes here. So coming from the mentality where Freddie was, his inclusion in all this was basically like, come on, man, give me a break. Give me a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll get there. And people are like, that's not the way this works, buddy.
4: In early 2011, Adoo, now 21, swallowed his pride and signed on loan with a second division team in Turkey called Rizaspor. He concentrated on his soccer and he had some good moments, goals, assists, and Arnold Tarzi had another idea why.
1: The reason why that worked out well for him, I remember him saying, you know, this was a small town uh, on the Black Sea. He so said there was nothing to do there. He didn't speak the language. The highlight of his day was to go to training. They'd come home and talk to friends on the phone and that's it. So his only focus was soccer. He did well, and they gave him the freedom to play the way he wanted to. And after that, that's when they brought him back over to the Gold Cup. And his
4: rebound in Turkey had been noticed by U.S. men's national team coach Bob Bradley. Freddie had played for the U.S. senior national team before, going back to early 2006. But he had made little impact his crowning achievement at the senior international level may have been his surprise performance at the 2011 Gold Cup.
1: I do. Nice touch as well from Freddie Edo. a very tight area. Here he comes again. Oh, that's a magnificent ball, that. Now, Dempsey waiting in the penalty area. Jones is up there as well. And it's in! Dempsey has stuck out a foot and the USA finally have the breakthrough, but it was all courtesy of Freddie
4: Adu.
7: Absolutely.
4: Adu didn't see the field at all in the early stages of the Continental Championship, and he only came on as a sub in the semis. After unleashing a gorgeous pass that set up Clint Dempsey's game winner against Panama, Freddie was a surprise starter for the U.S. in its showdown against Mexico in the final at a sold-out Rose Bowl. I was there. It was a remarkable game by any standard. One of the great continental finals ever played, anywhere. The U.S. went up 2-0 in the first half. Cadu had the assists on Michael Bradley's opening goal and Landon Donovan's goal to double the lead soon thereafter. But Mexico roared back. The final? 4-2, 4-2, Mexico. I ended up writing my Sports Illustrated column on do, who had been one of the U.S.'s best players in the game, at least until he tired in the second half.
3: I had finally, finally earned Bob Bradley's respect. It was the hardest thing I ever did was to earn Bob Bradley's respect. The only game I started was that finals game. I hadn't played at all. Everybody was getting playing time. I was just, I never got a chance to play. I think what Bob really wanted to see was: was I going to to pout? Was I going to to complain and you know put my head down and be in a bad mood, bad attitude? No, and I never did any of that. And when my chance came, I took it. I, it might have been the best game I had played for the national team, I think, and it was also the last. Which is which to this day is the craziest thing to me because you would think that hopefully it would carry on and you can improve and you know from that but never happened for me my whole career especially with the national team would have been completely different if bob bradley never got fired from that after the 2011 gold cup
4: yet another coach fired freddie was now 22 he had just played his best game for the u.s senior national team yet he would never wear the colors of the u.s again it was confounding but his performance did give him another shot in MLS, where he reunited with his former D.C. United coach, Peter Novak, in Philadelphia.
6: I, let me ask you this. Why he was so good in 2011 Gold Cup? Because he have the players who motivate him, who are better than him. Better than him. Olympic team qualifiers and the games. We have great players who are motivating him. We have Brian McBride, Michael, Josie, who can give him some advice and said, "Freddie, stop this BS, let's work. That's why I took him to back to Philadelphia, because I felt like we have enough guys who can motivate him to, to be a greater one again.
4: And so Philadelphia took a risk, signing Freddie and making him the team's highest paid player, earning nearly $600,000 a year. But in line with the trend, you guessed it, Novak was fired just a year later. Then again, that's sports. In 2012, Adu had five goals and one assist, but that wasn't enough if you were the team's highest paid player. New coach John Hackworth, who'd been an assistant on Freddie's under-17 national team, kept Adu on the bench in five of the season's final six games. And he said something that could have been said about Adu many years earlier. Quote, I'm trying to get Freddie to understand that it's not about Freddie Adu at all. It's about the Philadelphia union, end quote. As his career sputtered, a question about Freddie Adu that was part of the discussion back in 2003 came back. Was he really the age he said he was? If he really was older than 14 back in 2004, that would have changed the calculus on his endorsement deals, on the interest from professional teams, on the excitement surrounding him in general. It may have explained why he never could improve enough to catch on with other teams. When I wrote my first Sports Illustrated story on Freddie in 2003, we hired someone in Ghana to locate his birth certificate independently. Based on what we found, we located no evidence that he wasn't the age he said he was. But that still wasn't totally definitive. During our interviews for this podcast series, we asked people if they thought Freddie's stated age was his real age. Most said yes. To them, Freddie often acted like a 14-year-old. But one person who had a more nuanced response was Aleko Eskandarian, his former teammate, and a good friend of Freddie, even today. He knows a bit about Ghana birth certificates. His high school best friend, a player who emigrated from Ghana named Lloyd Osafo, who ended up playing collegially at West Point. Told him how birth certificates can
1: sometimes work in Ghana. Even if there was any sort of discrepancy there, it wasn't his fault. In talking to my friends from Ghana, that, that's actually like a, a sad proponent of of some of the life situations that they have there. That that sometimes these kids don't get their birth certificates until they're three four years old.
4: Do you think Freddie was the age he said he was? Looking back now, where where there you know there were doubts.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, to this day, I tease him about it. You know, I'm I'm very open with him about it because I want him to know that whether it's true, not true, it doesn't affect how much I love him and care about him. And I think it goes much deeper about the issues in in some of these African countries, bring to light these these circumstances and situations. Unfortunately, it is something that people will always bring up, and and rightfully so, because you know, if you if you take me as a college freshman and then put me in as a high school freshman, like yeah, I'd look pretty damn special as well. So whether it's true or not, certainly would have an effect. But for me, I've always loved and respected Freddie, the person. And I loved having him as a a teammate for the skills that he brought, regardless of what his age was. When he was 24,
4: a year before the end of his Philadelphia contract, Adu was transferred to a club in Brazil, Bahia. That lasted just a few months. Then he went on trial at a club in the Netherlands run by Ernie Stewart, and then one in Norway coached by Bob Bradley. Neither offered him a contract. One person who saw him said he looked like a little old man running around out there. Adu bounced around lower level teams in Serbia and Finland, and then in the U.S. second division in Tampa and Las Vegas. And in early 2019, when Adu was 29, the Las Vegas coach was Eric Winalda, The same guy who'd been a broadcaster on Adu's first MLS game. The same guy who helped get him cast in a Hollywood movie that same year. Now, 15 years later, Winalda had only bad news for Freddie. He didn't want him on his team.
0: I was in my car. I was driving back from dropping my son off at practice. And he called, and I didn't answer. And I got off at, I believe it was Canoga Park, and I talked to Freddie for an hour. I don't want this to be viewed that I don't want this to happen. It's just that I have a job to do. I've already made a decision to go down this path, and you won't, you're, you're not going to be a part of it. This is the decision that I made at the shell station on Canoga Park that I was going to hire somebody else because it was their chance. You remember what Freddie said to you when you caught him? I can respect that coach. Okay, I'll see you down the road, man. Okay. I said, okay. And he took it like a champ. I don't know what it was like for him after he hung up that phone. You know, maybe he picked up the phone and called somebody else. And then maybe, I don't know. But um, did not know I was the last one.
4: 14 teams in 13 years. Freddie Adu went from an athlete who could do more for his sport than Michael Jordan did for his to being unwanted by a US second division soccer team. After playing professional soccer at some level for nearly 15 years, Freddie started the 2019 season without a team. Every once in a while, I would do a Google search just to see if Freddie had convinced Las Vegas or anyone else to sign him. I felt sad for him. Part of the problem
1: was it was so hard to.
4: find out if there was any news about Freddie. Not even the internet seemed to care much anymore. But I did. Part of me couldn't believe he was out of soccer before the age of 30. It may have been time for somebody else to have a chance, but what happened to Freddie's chance? Where did this American prodigy go wrong? Or where did it go wrong for Freddie? That's next time on American Prodigy. This Blue Wire podcast was hosted, reported, and co-written by me, Grant Wall. Harry Swartout produced and co-wrote the show. Reed Redmond and Jeffrey Besoy provided production assistance. Brian Decker scored the podcast and engineered the sound. John Yales and Peter Moses executive produced the show. If you liked American Prodigy, subscribe and give us a rating and a review. It helps the podcast get to more people. Or you can go all 2004 on us and simply tell a friend.